This is Real Housewives of the Kingdom, a sweet space where you'll hear from the hearts of fellow housewives in the kingdom of God, some just like you and some really different in various walks of life. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard. I pray you'll be encouraged and entertained as we laugh and sometimes cry together. Most of all, I hope it reminds you we're in this together and you are not alone. Hey everybody, welcome back to Real Housewives of the Kingdom. This is our last episode of the season. I have loved this first season and I'm looking forward to the next season. If you watch or listen, you know that this past first season, I have done video on my YouTube channel of the podcast and audio wherever you listen to podcasts or directly on my website. Well, I've been having some technical difficulties. I was getting this episode that you're about to hear edited and the video portion would not convert and come out of where I saved it after I recorded it. I tried multiple times, I tried multiple things, and apparently it is not God's will for you to see me in this episode. So uh, it will still be on YouTube, but if you are watching it, you will likely just be seeing a static picture along with all of this audio. So I apologize if uh, that bums you out, but uh, this is just the way that it is. My hubby and I are in a little bit of a flux right now in life, and I'm gonna be talking more about that in the spring, uh, kind of this journey that we've been on since the pandemic and what God has new for us and kind of what we're walking in and into in our lives. But uh, that means we are kind of uh, being bi-coastal at the moment. Uh, and so we are living out of suitcases. Um, and uh, so that makes uh, editing, recording, podcasts, definitely uh, interesting and more challenging, which isn't a bad thing ultimately. I'm still happy to do it. Uh, At the end of this podcast episode, I'm gonna pop back on and share with you a little bit about what God has been teaching my heart. I recorded this episode a few weeks ago while we were still in California. And since then, God has been kind of dealing with my heart on some things, and I really wanted to share it with you all. But first, I want you to hear this episode that I recorded. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Housewives of the Kingdom. I am Caroline. I am your host, and today is the last episode in season one. Yay! We did it. Um, I was brand spanking new at podcasting when God called me to do it, step out in faith and do it. And I just feel so grateful for the encouragement and support that I've gotten. And I am also just excited to see what else he's going to do with the podcast. You know, I love that quote that says, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And that's exactly how I feel. I don't feel like I came equipped knowing how to do a podcast or host one or do any of the editing or recording or what I needed. And I just feel like God at every turn gave me exactly what I needed to know how to do it. So I am grateful and excited to see what else he has in store. Christmas is in one week. 
and or Christmas Eve. And uh, I just wanted to take this last episode of the season to talk about Jesus and talk about why he's my personal Lord and Savior and talk about uh, who who he is and how he came to this earth and what he, a little bit of what he did here and why it's so important uh, to you and to me. And I also wanted to talk about how do love all things Christmas, even Americanized traditions that have, um, you know, seemingly little to no connection to the birth of Jesus. I just wanted to talk about why I still think it's so fun and important to celebrate those things. I love watching Christmas movies. I love Elf and White Christmas and Grinch and Santa Claus honestly. And I know Santa Claus can be a little bit of a controversial topic. St. Nick was a real man and he loved God and he served God and he was the patron saint of children and he protected children. And so while the modern Coca-Cola Santa Claus is not the exact picture of who St. Nick was, I do think that it does capture the spirit of loving on and taking care of children around the world. And I think St. Nick would be uh, grateful to at least see that. Um, I do think he would be sad to see that people, that there's a lot of people who don't realize how much he had to do with Jesus and how much his life surrounded around who Jesus is. My hubby loves Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, and he's done a lot of extensive study on his life and uh, just really definitely feels he is an important part of the season. And so he is an important part of the season in our home. I even love the magic of him coming down the chimney and bringing gifts. I really don't have a problem with that. And if you do, I mean, you need to do whatever it is God is asking you to do for your family. But that is just where our family stands. One of the things I love is that Christmas falls just days after the darkest day of the year. Uh, the winter solstice. And uh, it's so cool that we celebrate Christmas and in this time when, so we're bringing the light of the world to the world at the darkest time of the year. And so I just love the significance of that. That's one reason why I love to celebrate it on December 25th. I know some are hesitant to celebrate Christmas, but uh, on December 25th because they say, well, you know, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th or we don't know when he was born. I love that Christmas falls on a day that is just a couple days after the darkest day of the year. I love that we celebrate Jesus, the light of the world, just days after it's darkest. And I think the significance of that is really cool. Whether or not we know the exact date Jesus was born, I think it's a cool time to bring it into our culture and celebrate it. I love that Christians decided to start celebrating it during this time of year, during the winter solstice. They, rather than separating themselves from their neighbors who believed differently than them, they joined in celebration with them and shared their hope with them rather than separating from them and not participating. And I think that's a beautiful picture 
of us being a light to the world. I also think it's not bad or wrong to decorate our homes and celebrate. This is also why I don't think it's bad to decorate our homes and participate in uh, seemingly American traditions for Christmas because we are really celebrating the life that Jesus came to save. And that's why I don't think it's bad or wrong for us to come together with our neighbors and a fellow uh, man and celebrate this season that has a lot of beautiful things about it. We participate in generosity and community and togetherness and there's joy and feasting and it's just a beautiful season. And so I don't I think getting too caught up in whether or not it was the exact time Jesus was born or not is not really the point. The point is every day of the year to be sharing his light with the world. So why not now? And I'll just start with saying there's no historical dispute that Jesus walked the earth. His story has been carried through generations, which is a miracle in itself, along with the rest of the Bible. And just like those who actually lived in Jesus' day with him and walked and saw his miracles and experienced who he was, they had the choice to believe or not believe. And today we have that same choice. We can read the Bible, we can see what Jesus did in history and compare it to the things that were prophesied about the Messiah to come, and we have a choice to make. And uh, I can't make that choice for you, uh, but I at least want to share with you what I know, and hopefully that will speak to your heart. And I hope at the end of this podcast are able to see who Jesus is and see the miracle of his birth and life. So who is Jesus and what makes him different than any other religious or good man or prophet? Um, well, he is the son of God. He's the Messiah. His birth was prophesied 700 years prior to his birth uh, through the prophet Isaiah. But Isaiah nailed specific locations and things that happened Jesus was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit through a woman named Mary who was a virgin. That was also prophesied in Isaiah 7, 14 through 15. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat. He may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. There's lots of prophecies about Jesus and being the, and Jesus being the Messiah all throughout the Old Testament. But uh, today I'm kind of sticking with Isaiah because he has a lot of them. It's pretty cool. Uh, Jesus's father, well, his adopted father, Joseph, Mary's husband, uh, was a descendant of King David. And that was another thing that Isaiah prophesied about. So in Isaiah 9 verses 6 through 7, it says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And you know, prior to Jesus sending out his disciples and saying, go into all the world and preach the gospel, you really had to be in God's family. You really had to be Jewish to uh to claim the promises that are found throughout the Old Testament. We are Gentiles. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. It's an incredible thing because you read God's might and power all through the Old Testament and see his story and see what he did for his people. And it's an incredible promise that he made, adopted us into his family. In Isaiah 49, 6, it says, Is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Jesus was God walking on earth in the flesh. Why did God send his son to earth, you ask? Quite plainly, to save us from our sins. Heaven and hell are real, and the enemy's grip, Satan's grip on our world is incredibly evident. We see evil happening every day. And honestly, we're all sinners. Our sins have consequences and we need a savior, one who can help us resist the enemy, Satan, when he is sitting there trying to convince us that our sins are our rights. And really... They are destroying us, our world, and our families. We need a savior. Without God's gift to mankind, we're doomed to eternity separated from him. So why did God send his son as a baby? You may be wondering why would God send his son as a baby? The disciples were kind of surprised too about all of that. You know, they were not expecting Jesus, the Messiah, to come and be such a humble servant. I mean, they were expecting a mighty warrior. God sent him as an innocent child, truly helpless. And it's so cool because he really went through everything we've been through. So as children, he understood, truly understood our plight. He had to grow teeth and learn to walk and lose teeth and probably gain and lose friends and just really truly understand the human condition from the beginning. And that uh, even though he created us and he sees our hearts and knows us to come and feel what it feels like in our flesh really truly makes him a God that understands us. And it's a God that we can trust because he did come humbly and truly experience life exactly how we do. So in Isaiah 53, one through two, it says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was humble. He came humbly, helplessly, and he was just an average boy. That is incredible that God would choose to show his power, not through, I mean, he could have sent him into a family that was like politically positioned or had a lot of money or um, there could have been so many ways that he could have sent his son into the world to save us. But truly 
um, this fulfills the prophecy in Isaiah, and uh, and it's just so cool to see how he did it. We may not know the exact day that Jesus was born, but we know the year he was born. And we know that as Americans, we've celebrated Christmas officially as a holiday since 1870. And when the holiday was officially created here in America, it was to celebrate the birth of Christ. So I think that's a very cool uh, part of our history as Americans. Now we are in a time in history where not everybody here in America celebrates Jesus still um, at Christmas time. And it's difficult because I think sometimes it can make us feel like we want to shut down and say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to watch that movie because it's not about Jesus. So I need to make an example and show them that I'm only celebrating Jesus. And then there's the people who maybe they still believe in Jesus, but they've forgotten the impact that uh, it is to celebrate him and talk about why you celebrate him. And then there's people who don't know him Uh, or have rejected him and don't celebrate him at all. And I think that God didn't make a mistake by us living in this time and culture and place. And I think as Christians, it's so important for us to participate in things that our culture does. Of course, nothing that goes against God's word, but, um, but that we should be doing things with our neighbors and communities and participating in gift giving and loving on people and opening our homes. These are all things that uh, are huge anchors to the Christmas season, whether you believe in Jesus or not. And so I think we can still share who Jesus is, show people around us why he came and do it in a way that honors God. And remember that it's the Holy Spirit that changes hearts. We can't force people to believe in Jesus. And I think sometimes it's hard because when you love God so much and you love Jesus and you know what he did for us, it can feel frustrating when somebody doesn't see. But that's not our business. That's God's business. And when we participate in things with people and find common ground with people, then it gives us an opportunity to share our why. And I heard a a podcast interview uh, where a gal was talking about how before she knew who Jesus was, she was a nanny. And she was a nanny for a family who were Christians. And she said, you know, that they didn't force her and that um, they just lived their lives. And she said they earned the right to tell me about their God. And it wasn't in a moment. It wasn't just a quick, okay, you seem nice. Sure, I'll hear your story. It was... A day in, day out, season in, season out, sharing of your life with the people around you. And then if people are open to hearing about Jesus, then they can see really who he is and that it's not something to check off of our list to convince people to celebrate Jesus at Christmas time, but that by us truly celebrating him all year round, we can show people who don't know him his true character and who he is. It's another reason why 
Jesus' birth is so precious to me. He came so humbly and what an example. And I think so many times Christians get a bad rap because we come guns blazing, trying to convince people that what they think is wrong. And Jesus always spoke truth, but it's important to remember how he came into this world gently, humbly, and helpless. And this is not a posture we like to take, especially as Americans. I have to say sometimes I have to just make sure, do a little heart check and make sure like, am I acting more like an American than I am a Christian? <laughs> not that you can't be American and Christian, but that this humble posture of coming to people uh, with an honest heart and being willing to help people and being willing to let people help you is how is the example our Savior gave us. Written in my grandma's Bible was uh, a little quote. She said, to truly win souls for Christ, we must feel the anguish of their souls. And I really do believe that. It doesn't mean we bend the gospel to their liking to get them to believe. But I think when somebody truly feels heard and understood that they can then open up. I think when we are so set on winning somebody over to the gospel, it becomes like we're used car salesmen trying to list all of the benefits of being a Christian and loving Jesus and celebrating him at Christmas time and all of these things. And let me show you all the things he did in my life that help, have helped me and I will list them off. And then after I list off these things, then will you sign on this dotted line? And that is not God's way. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I know I have likely been that person trying to convince somebody. Um, but I really do, and this Christmas, as I've been preparing for this episode, I've just been really thinking over how the humility of Jesus is something that we need to grasp and that we don't do the convicting. The Holy Spirit does that. And as people get to know the Lord and walk with him, he can work on things in their own life. It's like he doesn't need us to go around telling people. I think approaching people with humility should be our first action step uh, when we when someone is on our hearts to share who Jesus is. In Colossians 4, 5 through 6, it says, Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to, you ought to answer each one. So I say, let's celebrate Jesus' birth this Christmas the best way possible, not by proving that we're right or self-sufficient or self-righteous, not by allowing the gifts or the holiday to become an idol in place of the greatest gift, but let's humbly and generously come together with our neighbors and communities and celebrate a season that brings joy and beauty and hope, approaching the people around us like Jesus did with humility and needing and accepting people's help, which isn't easy to do. Let's understand their plight and walk in love. And just maybe those who haven't met him yet or aren't celebrating him, 
will see who he truly is and just how sweet it is to walk with Jesus. Sorry. It's just, oh, oh man. Jesus is my savior and I know him so well. And I've been walking with him my whole life. And I just truly want those around me to know that same joy and peace that comes from walking with him. Well, <laughs> there's a good note to end on. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that my heart came across exactly how Jesus would have it come across. Okay, everybody. So that was the bulk of the podcast. There'll be just a little bit more after this blurb, but I wanted to just come on and talk about what God has been teaching me. I also wanted to say, if you noticed that the opening intro that I talked uh, sounds a little different than the rest of the podcast, that is because at the current moment, I do not have my microphone. As I said, we're living out of a suitcase and I didn't expect to be recording when we came two and a half hours from where I left my microphone. But I am just moving forward and recording it on my computer audio anyway. So bear with me. And if you noticed my nose sounding stuffy through that whole podcast, it's because if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen it, but I was doing powder dip nails at home and I found that every time I had them on my nails that my nose did that. So I stopped doing that. Um, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Anyway, I wanted to come on and just talk about some of the things God's been dealing with on my heart. I recorded that episode not really knowing where we were going to be at Christmas time. As I said, in the spring, I'm going to be doing a whole series on moving and when God moves you and how he sustains you in that. And so I will go into more detail about that then. But at the moment, the only work that was available to my husband since the pandemic was here in Florida. And so God made an opportunity for us to come down here. One of the opportunities was working at a friend's house, helping him with a renovation down in West Palm Beach. So that's where I'm at right now. We are living in one side of his triplex while my husband helped him with the other side. That being said, there is no, well, there's some furniture, but there isn't a couch. The mattress we were sleeping on was on the floor until a couple of days ago. There is hardly any cooking utensils. We do have a fridge, um, but it's definitely been challenging for me to say the least. We, uh, I, I'm a very organized person and generally, generally I wouldn't have decorated for Christmas yet. I would have had Thanksgiving up. So I decorate for Halloween and then I change out my jack-o'-lanterns for my turkeys. And then I put the turkeys away and put up the Christmas tree, usually within a couple of days after Thanksgiving. But because we've been living in a very stark and somewhat messy. It's filled with 
construction things for my hubby to use in the other unit and boxes. And I have no real control over making it a sweet space. So normally when my hubby and I are away from home, at the very least we have kind of our own space. So we've spent a lot of Christmases actually away from home. Um, we've been all over the world at Christmas time and that's even had its own challenges. Um, but generally speaking, I usually try and decorate our hotel room like Christmas or, you know, have a fun, bring a fun candle with me, whatever it may be to just kind of zhuzh up the Christmas spirit. But Either way, we at least usually have a comfortable space to be staying in, and then we're somewhere fun and exciting, and so we go out and do all sorts of fun stuff while we are out. Um, I know two years ago we were in Hong Kong for Christmas, and I actually um, wrote, and I haven't published it, but I actually wrote a blog post about this and then have not published it, but... Um, in Hong Kong, even though it was exciting, we were, I had decorated for Christmas at home. And then when we got to Hong Kong, it was very Christmassy in Hong Kong. So everywhere you walk, everywhere you go, we were in a little hotel room. As soon as our work was done there, we were going to be staying at Disney out there. And my husband was still Imagineer at that time. And so he was signing us into the parks. We were going to see a new Disney park at Christmas time, and I was ecstatic about all of that. But, and even though there were Christmas decorations around me and there was all these things, on Christmas Day, we woke up and there was not a show on Christmas Day. There was a rehearsal. And normally, so we've worked on Christmas Day a lot of times. We've done shows, performances um, from we've done them at Disneyland, we've done them all over the world. We've been we've have worked on Christmas, uh, but generally on Christmas when you work, it's usually a holiday or a special time. So going to a theater, doing a show, doesn't feel sad because you're doing something fun and special. Well, this particular time in Hong Kong. Um, I was helping out with the costumes and watching our friend's little boy. They have a duo act in the show, so they needed somebody to watch him. So I was there doing that. My hubby was doing his rigging and prop carpentry stuff that he normally does for that show. And we were there because Imagineering takes two weeks off every December, and there just happened to be a show that... Uh, we got asked to do in Hong Kong during my hubby's two weeks off. So it was really exciting. Well, Christmas, we wake up and Christmas is a rehearsal, not a show. We So we are in the theater all day, your um, rehearsal, and it just felt not special. It felt not special. And I woke up and I just had this unshakable, bummed out feeling. And I knew that it was wrong. I thought, Lord, I am being so ridiculous right now. I'm with my husband. We're in Hong Kong and we're getting ready to go see Hong Kong Disneyland for the first time in a couple of days. And 
it's Christmassy here and I've gotten to have fun food and see fun things and travel, do all of this stuff that we love doing. And here is this ugly heart posture that I'm having. And I knew it was wrong. And I woke up and just sat at the Lord's feet and, and asked for forgiveness and prayed. And I was really kind of having my own pity party, feeling like I'm the only person who feels this way. We have rehearsal all day. We're just going to the theater. It doesn't feel special. And then I said, okay, Lord, even though I'm not feeling it, I am going to put on something fun and Christmassy to wear, and I'm going to try to shine for you and just be a light if I can, Lord. So give me strength because right now it's not what I feel like doing. So I put on, I had a red skirt, green shirt, and I had Santa socks under my boots and I got in the elevator and we go down to the next level and one of the girls that we work with comes into the elevator and she looked at me and she said, Caroline, you're Christmas. And she had kind of a little shake in her voice. And she said, I woke up this morning and it was so hard. And I felt so sad that I wasn't at home and with my family. And it just, I felt so bummed this morning. And I thought, Caroline's going to be Christmas. Caroline will be Christmas. And man, was I convicted that I, that I had such an ugly heart, but it realized, it made me realize I wasn't the only one. And I was sitting there in my own pity party when other people were feeling the same way. And God allowed me to feel that way so that I could have compassion and so I could shine for him. And you know what? That changed my attitude for the day. And it was a lesson that I realized I needed to learn because I knew that there was some part of me that was depending on Christmas traditions and cult Christmas culture to make myself feel okay. That even though I do celebrate Jesus every single day of my life and that the reason I do celebrate Christmas is Jesus, there was a part of me that was depending on that societal thing and having it the way that I wanted it. So that was something I felt like God was working on in my heart. And like I said, I wrote a blog post about it that eventually I will put up. This year, when we're sitting here, staying in this triplex full of stuff, getting ready to go into the other unit. Uh, it's He's planning to make it an Airbnb, so he's getting furniture and stuff. But like I said, no couch and no way for me to make it feel homey. For me, usually when we're on the road at the very least, like, you know, I, like I said, I make a hotel room feel homey. We have our own little space to go back to that I can make feel sweet. But I don't do very well living in disarray. I'm a very organized person and it feels very tumultuous to me. And this year when the other work that my hubby has gotten in Florida is rigging at the Orlando Convention Center. And he's already worked a bit doing that. And we were staying with friends while he was doing that. And the Lord miraculously 
worked out that another friend of ours needed somebody to be in their house uh, for a pretty extended period of time and they will not be at the house and uh, it is in the process of being renovated and furnished and they've never lived in this house but they need somebody there and so it was perfect. It was incredible that God opened up that opportunity because my prayer was that we would have our own little, if we were supposed to be here in Florida, that we'd have our own little space. And I was grateful. I was like, okay, God, I'm so excited about being in this space. And our friend wants to decorate it mid-century modern. And so I was just excited to help out with that. And immediately, as soon as we got word about that, I started pinning mid-century modern Christmas decoration ideas because, of course, I'm going to decorate it for Christmas. The project down in West Palm Beach, which if you don't know, it's about two and a half hours from Orlando area. The project in West Palm Beach is continuing. There, you know, like with any renovation, there's things that pop up, new things, things you didn't realize needed to be fixed whatever. So it's prolonging our stay in the unit that is not very peaceful feeling. And again, living out of a suitcase is uh, not something I haven't done, but even in a hotel, like if we're going to be in a hotel for an extended period, like one time we spent Christmas in Reno, Nevada, um, doing a show and we, but we had our own hotel room and it was a nice hotel room. And I brought Christmas decorations. And generally when we're in a hotel room, we put away our clothes, especially if we're going to be there for a long time. So we will put everything in drawers, hang things up, put our suitcases out of sight if possible. And it's just a way that we've learned over the years having to be on the road for a good portion of time to keep wherever we're residing, a sweet and organized space that we can come to after work, even though we're not at home. And, um, you know, it was like, we really made it, we really made it our own. And so that was, that was easier to swallow. Although, uh, it was kind of funky going downstairs to the casino on Christmas day and seeing people just like, in front of the slot machines like zombies. Um, that was a little weird, but at least there, there was a little bit of peace and order. So here we are, and it seems that there are more and more things that are being presented to us that need to get done in West Palm Beach. And the other side of that is that our friend sometimes comes down and stays here and it's a very tiny house. Very difficult to share a very tiny house when you've been married for 19 years and you have rarely had to share any kind of space with anybody but your husband. Even if it's small, we're okay with small, but uh, there's a lot that goes into that that feels overwhelming to me. Anyway, I started seeing that feeling like this project down here was going to go on forever and through Christmas and that we weren't going to get back up to the Orlando area and get into, into the new space. And I realized I was banking 
me being okay. And I started to try to manipulate my husband about it, you know, saying things like, I need to be there. I need to have a Christmas tree. I need. And God said to me, Caroline, I was born in a stable. And I was like, here I am ready to post this Christmas podcast episode all about celebrating you and that being the most important thing in my heart. And you are pointing out that I was allowing something else to creep in this Christmas. And it reminded me of the time in Hong Kong. And I thought, Lord, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't learn that lesson. And then I like, he started to show me that there were some things in my heart that were above him. And the thing is, is God is patient. He's gentle. He loves us and he has so much grace, but he is a jealous God and he doesn't want something in our hearts that is above him. And so I confessed, I said, Lord, please forgive my heart for putting the desire for myself and my husband to be in a decorated orderly space over maybe what you have for me this Christmas. And quite honestly, I'm still really hoping that we'll at least be able to be in the space for Christmas, that we're not staying with people for Christmas and impeding on their traditions and what they're doing. But man, it has been a tough realization that that's where I was. And honestly, I'm just still processing it and I'm still dealing with it. Um, God's still dealing with my heart on it, but I just felt like I couldn't post this episode without being raw and honest with you about my shortcomings as a believer and my shortcomings as um, just as far as Christmas goes, that I do really enjoy celebrating Christmas and decorating and making a home. And none of those things are bad. God doesn't think it's bad that I'm a homemaker. He put that on my heart to be a homemaker. He gave me the ability to be organized. And he loves when I celebrate Christmas and when I bring people into my home and when I cultivate a sweet, safe space for me and my husband to be in and for people to come and join us there and visit there. And he loves that, but he also saw that it wasn't just that, that I was depending on that to make me okay. And rather than relying on him and he's not trying to tell me that what I'm living in and what I'm dealing with is not hard. He's not trying to say that I'm wrong in feeling the tumult of the moving and the living in suitcases and living in a space that isn't orderly and that isn't my own. He's not trying to say that those aren't hard things. He very well knows those are hard things. But what he's trying to say is rely on me when it feels hard. Trust me when it feels hard. Give your burden to me when it feels hard. Don't rely on Christmas decorations or the thing of being in your own space. Don't rely on situations that can very obviously change very quickly 
he's trying to teach me that because situations can change very quickly and places can change and things can change and people can change. We all live through 2020 and we know that very well, how quickly our world can change in a heartbeat. So I just want to encourage you, pray the prayer that if there's anything in my heart, Lord, that offends you, take it away from, take it away from me. It's kind of a scary prayer, but I would just encourage you to allow the Lord to reveal those things to you, even though it's painful to see. But I promise, and I know I'm going to stand on his promises that he will come through. And if you learn to rely on him, even when things are not the way that you hoped that they would be, then whatever comes your way, which you have no clue what's coming in the coming years, months, whatever, that only then can you be able to walk through those things with more grace and trust in him. And I just, the other thing that keeps popping in my head too, and I'm not trying to compare my situation with a concentration camp, but I always think about Corey Ten Boom and how there was a period of her life where she lived in a concentration camp and still held Bible studies when they could. She talks about how they were thankful for the lice that was uh, in infested in their uh, quarters because the soldiers didn't want to come near them. And so then they were able to, they were able to hold uh, Bible studies and talk about the Lord and sing and worship and um, because they didn't want to come near them. And so she always looked at that as such a blessing. And I'm sure she would say that it was hard. It wasn't easy. And yes, of course, she'd probably prefer a comfortable home that is warm and inviting that she can bring people in and love on them. But honestly, when we are put in uncomfortable situations, God can use that. Well, there's two things that happen. When we're put into uncomfortable situations, it really shows what is in our hearts. So we will either run harder after the thing that will never satisfy us, or we will turn and run hard after Jesus and his promise of peace despite our storms. All right, I'm going to continue with the rest of the recording of the podcast uh, where I am just uh, going to pray over y'all. Uh, love you all. Here's the rest of the podcast. Before I close out the show, I'm going to just uh, pray for you, with you uh, right now. Lord, I come to you right now. I thank you for this beautiful season. We thank you for your birth, Lord, and for what it means to us. Thank you for coming and being the light of the world. Lord, I pray for all those who are listening. I pray that if they know you, that they would desire to know you deeper. And I pray that if they don't know you, that they would desire to get to know you. Lord, I pray that you would just forgive us for when we're not having a humble attitude like you and help us to truly shine for you and shine your light in this dark world. Thank you for coming and rescuing us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, that is it for the last show of the season. Um, I am taking a break over the holidays, obviously, if this is my last episode, it's December 17th. Um, 
but you can still reach and connect with me on Instagram and Facebook if you have any questions. Um, and uh, so season two is starting on January 7. Um, and I will be airing an episode every single week. Yep, that's right. So now I've been doing every other week and uh, I just decided to uh, jump in and do every week for the second season. So I'm really excited about the interviews that I have lined up. Um, I think that you will be encouraged. And one of the other things that I'm going to be uh, changing for next season is I will not be doing video because I am doing every week. I felt like doing video was kind of a lot, uh, as I've said before, I think. Uh, I do all the editing, filming, and preparing for the episodes. I, I do all of my social media posts. So um, it's a lot. Uh, and I knew going into next season and doing every single week that it would be important for me to create maybe a little extra space um, since I will be adding something. So uh, so yeah, so next, I, I'll still have my YouTube channel. If you haven't gone on and watched the episodes, every episode of season one is available with a video. Um, and I'll likely still be doing little special videos here and there, and I'll let you know when I do. Um, but I just didn't want to, um, to take on more than I could, uh, handle. So I'm trying to be wise with that. Um, so, uh, and January, I am doing a body image series. So all of January, we're going to be just talking about, body image, the battles we have with it, and just maybe some, uh, not even, um, not even maybe what you think about, uh, like your own personal body image struggles might be different than someone else's. And I'm going to be talking to a few different ladies who have different areas that they've struggled in. And I hope that it will encourage you, uh, to realize that we all deal with it. And I hope that their encouragement and wisdom can help you to tackle these lies that the enemy throws at us, that our bodies aren't good enough and that we feel uh, just dissatisfied. And um, so God wants us to feel beautiful because he made us beautiful. And so if nobody's told you today, you're beautiful. Um, so yeah, so come back on January 7th for the start of my uh, body image series. I will also be doing, uh, still be doing solo episodes as well as the interviews. Um, so uh, keep your eye out for that. Well, everybody, Merry Christmas and thank you for listening. And uh, I just Pray that Jesus uh, shows himself to you in a really real, tangible way this Christmas. Love you all. Okay, all you housewives, that's it for today. I'm truly grateful you joined us. If you know anyone who would be encouraged by this episode, you can easily share it by taking a screenshot and adding it to your stories or feed. You can also text it to a friend. New episodes are uploaded every other Friday. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch them all. You can find and interact with me on Facebook and Instagram at Married Rogers Neighborhood, as well as my website, which I linked in the show notes. 
If you enjoyed our conversation today, it helps so much if you could take a second to rate and give a five-star review. It really makes a huge difference for me in the podcast. Just remember, we are in this together. God loves you and you are not alone. See you next time.